Okay, we are we are live. All right, so I guess uh, we'll get it started uh, started for, uh, for a bit. So uh, whenever you're ready. Yeah, yeah, what's good? My name is Khalil. What's going on? All right, all right. So yo, um, Khalil, uh, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. You? I'm doing all right. And uh, for everyone uh, tapping in right now, hello everyone. This is Josh, also known as Yashu. We're on episode seventy-five of the T- of the TLY Talks uh, podcast, live at nineteen ninety studios and all that. Um, so we have Khalil, who's an artist rapper, uh, who has done like a lot of sh- like shows like in the past. Uh, is affiliated with NLMG, who we've had on uh, before the New Legends uh, music group and all that. He's set to release a project in the next coming days or so. So definitely uh, tap in uh, like whenever you can and all that and has a lot of like good music on the way as well too like from past releases with call me doing and with everything else too so yeah you know uh, Khalil you know like I've been like checking out like the music as well and it's been good so far man and you know like um we actually interacted like a while back um at um this uh, show in Mississauga like I think a couple years uh, back and all that and yeah, just seeing that performance was like very interesting too because you were also like in a collective as well. Yeah, yeah. So uh sorry, Mississauga, was that um was that uh it was like an eternal event or something like that? It was like uh, a, it's kind of like a, a lounge type of bar type of spot. Uh yeah, like Ranko Fly yeah, up yeah. from there. Um like who else? Uh a lot of a lot of people like Shenny Glow, like those folks, like they've performed as well and yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like that was like a good vibe as well, too. Yeah. That was like yeah, a couple yeah. years back, so it's like a whole different yeah. experience in a way and all that. So hundred percent. Yeah, no, so we just been I've been, you know, trying to uh, you know, do as many shows and like, you know, step up in terms of our levels and shows, in terms of like, you know, get to the next level where I'm, where we're on bigger stages or myself where I'm on bigger stages and in front of different crowds. Um, you know, for me when I, I, I didn't start performing until um july 2021 i think we're in 2024 now that was the first time i ever went out i actually went to an nlg payback showcase back when it was at like flame lounge on like i think it was like keel and like i can't remember somewhere um but yeah so and then from there i've just like been performing the open mics all that type of stuff and then you know since we've done like just the other night we were in london we opened for lb spiffy the saturday we're back in london opening up for young tory the d12 that we're opening up for march and i think back on tour with roni in april we were on tour with him in uh kingston out of montreal in november so just like getting to those bigger stages you know interacting with people and kind of keep pushing forward and you know doing our thing and having fun most and foremost so yeah 100 percent too and we'll uh, definitely uh, get more onto that uh right now so i actually want to get it like started, started right now so uh, you grew up in uh, Georgetown, so growing up there, what was like the environment like uh, growing up? And would you say your childhood was like a great experience, or would it be like very different? Uh yeah. So growing up there, I think you know, uh, it's obviously it's a good place to live in terms of you know, um, what's happening. Um, you know, it's not necessarily a dangerous place at all. There's no um, you know, people are living their lives well. But for me, um, you know, it's also it's a smaller town. And once you kind of get to the outskirts of the GTA, you know, you start to the demographic of people start to change. And, you know, the kind of the way people start to think becomes very similar. So you get that lack of diversity um, for a kid of color. It becomes um, a little bit of a different experience living there. So. Uh, that's kind of a lot what I get into about my music. So living in Georgetown, you know, it was all right. We had our fun. We did our dumb things when we got older. Um, small town, you know, you can't, like, for instance, you can't even get out of the town really by, like, go train or public transit. You got to, like, drive out. And then like, if you want to go to the movies or some shit like that, like, when we were back in high school and stuff like that. So, you know, it's an okay place. There's a lot of, like, drama and stuff. It's kind of definitely somewhere where, you know, I wouldn't want to, like, grow up, uh, raise my kids if my kid was, you know, any sort of, should any sort of like melanin in their skin realistically um but uh yeah it's not too bad but i think the video kind of cut out there for a sec oh um i think yeah like i think um maybe it was just like some <laughs> something that might have uh, happened on my end uh for a bit too but i think it should be fine um but yeah, uh no yeah no worries um but yeah you know just growing up um 
though like with the, kind of answering the question i guess in a superficial way it was it was all right but looking back on it now that i'm like you know i'm older i went away to school and i learned some things about myself i look back and i'm like damn like there's a lot of things about that place that was kind of like messed up or like the way people who were considered my friends treated me just because you know i look different but at the same time that's you know on my mom's side of the family that's like seventh generation or something there so it's like I'm the seventh generation in that town. So it's like, you know, at the same time, there's family roots to it. There's heritage there. There's a lot of things that have been established in terms of my family there. So there is a connect. There's always going to be a connection. There's obviously been good times, you know, that's where I met most of my friends, had a lot of my first experiences in terms of like, you know, playing sports team, playing on sports teams and like winning and stuff like that and being able to represent something from a larger whole so you know it's not all negative um but yeah as so overall it was you know mediocre i guess for you know depending on how you look at it uh, for me as a kid of color looking back it was mediocre you know uh, sure man and i know like georgetown peel like within the same area too like there has been like a buzzing music scene since the 2000s and all that you know with people like party next door uh like uh junior t spitty um some people from NLMG, yeah. like WW, like Lowry and all that, and like Connoisseur Ghosts and uh, Green Beans and all that, and like Villa and like a lot of like dope artists uh, from there and all that. And to even like speak uh, more about that, was it like, was it like a bigger like music scene back then or is it like much bigger now with like the amount of artists like coming out there and all that? I would, it's kind of, it's kind of a hard question because like Georgetown is like, it's, it's small in the scope of all those uh towns and cities around it right you know brampton's like way bigger mississauga is obviously way bigger even milton's a lot bigger and burlington is like a lot bigger um so oakville and stuff so i know that there's been a music scene happening there i haven't been overly tapped in with it like directly with the people who are like kind of underground like you know you just named up a whole bunch of people because you know that like they've been around and you've done interviews with them or you've seen them so you've connected with them but in terms of the smaller people um i haven't been i couldn't really give you too much of a gauge there but uh, i do know that there are people that i went to high school with there's somebody named tommy belmont um he's part of a group i can't remember the name what the group is now but um he's he was a he, he's a hip-hop artist uh he used to play like he used to be in a band back in like high school and like make rock tracks and stuff like that and then there's another guy named nolan who was like a producer uh yeah he was a producer but he did more like edm stuff stuff um, so I would say that, you know, then we get to larger scale, like Brampton, they talk about Beans and Ghosts and Lowry and Spitty, you know, Villa, probably next door, those guys. Yeah, like the scene is getting bigger. There's more demand. There's more people coming out. Um, there's more presence. And as we have more representation, that's just going to continue to grow. Um, and that's something I'm trying to help with because I do believe, like, you know, um, music is like, an art form it's a self of expression and you know there's lots of people that can utilize that for their own stories and there's always something that someone can connect to and the more that you can you know get people to share those experiences and those feelings the more of a community that you can create and maybe help remove some of the things like barriers and stuff that like people like myself face growing up in like towns there's not a lot of people that look like them right so um yeah. definitely it's getting bigger 100 percent oh sure man and you know, getting back onto your uh, story for a bit, like, what was, like, your first, like, introduction to music? And uh, who did you, like, grow up, like, listening to, like, for a bit, too? Yeah, like, I don't know if I could give you an exact, like, what my first introduction to music was. I think there was just always kind of music around. I remember going to my Mila's house when I was a kid. There was always just Calypso playing. Um, And then when I, um, you know, my... You know, whenever I was in the car with my dad, he was generally listening to music. And same thing with my mom. She was generally listening to music. I think I had different musical influences when I was a kid because my, you know, my, my dudes tried to keep it, you know, relatively PG for me while at a young age. So, you know, my mom would listen to people like, um, like James Blonde and Josh Grogan and kind of more like um poppy type of music like today and stuff she listens to like dan and shay and stuff like that or my dad and but then they would listen to people like lenny kravitz and stuff too together and then my dad would listen to more of the hip-hop and r&b stuff i remember like you know when i was like 10 like 9 or 10 years old the first time i ever really saw him listening to rap he was playing the rolling papers album by was could be for after i got off of like 
a sports event or something like that. And then like Usher and stuff like that, kind of the old guys, Biggie and Pac, but you know, as much within reason. So, you know, kind of just a well-rounded version of probably more poppy and then hip hop based music, which is kind of why I think one of the things I noticed big, big for me is that um, music that I enjoy like, recreationally tends to usually have some sort of like drum pattern in it. I find music without drum patterns I don't connect with as well. Um, so that's probably definitely comes from that influence of listening to more like rap, hip hop, R&B and like pop based stuff as a young kid. Didn't listen to too much rock and stuff growing up. Oh, true. And yeah. even within that whole like formation of getting into music. So how did you even like get into that aspect of like rapping and like making music in that sense? Yeah. So music's always been part of my life. Like I always say, like I, you know, um, you know, I don't know if I would be where I am or even here if I didn't have music. It's kind of, you know, um, sad as that kind of sounds. But, um, you know, really just uh, I started kind of getting these feelings and thoughts, I guess you could say, in like late high school that I wanted to talk about something. But I didn't really have it. Like I was, I guess, scared of the judgment. I didn't really have a way to do it. I didn't know how to start. So, um, you know, I had my, had my music classes. I took like a guitar class in grade 10, and like grade 7, and 8. I played like the saxophone a little but I didn't have anything too musically, you know, um, foundational. Uh, and I remember uh, one day I tried to make a beat on like GarageBand and I, I made it and then I accidentally deleted the whole thing <laughs> and then I couldn't get it back. So I was like, damn, you know, like, fuck this. I just kind of closed my laptop. And then I kept having those feelings throughout my first couple of years of university. And I just remember one day I was like house sitting for my grandparents and um, I was like, yo, fuck this. Like, I'm gonna, like, like, I'm going to do it. I just started writing. So I was just listening to like instrumental versions of songs that I liked and uh, even just listening to songs that I like with the, the vocals over and just like trying to write because it was familiar. And that's just kind of how it started. I was just like, you know, I feel like I have something to talk about. I feel like this would be good for me to talk about. And uh, that was about um, the end of second year. So it would have been 2017, like summertime, like to like April, May-ish time. Um, and that's kind of when that started happening. I started writing. Um, and yeah, it's kind of just gone on from there. Ah, uh, true. Um, and you, you know, usually with like a lot of artists like on the platform and other people I've spoken with, like they usually like get into music, you know, from like family and all that, or like they might have had like family that made music or people that were like in the choir and all that. So I don't know if yeah. you had like a musical background in history with like family like performing or making music, and you know, what inspired you to even like become like a rapper and artist in, in a way. Uh, I think just artistry is more kind of the better term for being in my family. Um, you know, my mom, she played saxophone in high school, uh, sorry, university. And then uh, she's actually like an artist. Like she went to school for graphic design and she had her own little like business for a bit. And um, when I was a kid and um, yeah, so all the paintings in my house and everything are like, you know, done by my mom and everything. So, um, and then like, so for me, I just, there's always been a, I remember like, I'd be like hanging out with my grandmother and stuff as a kid and she would like bring out like crafts and stuff to paint and stuff like that. Or my mom would like take me to places like glazed expressions and shit and do like pottery, like stuff, designs and stuff. So I just kind of always been around art, but for me, I wasn't too like good with like the hand skills, but I always was listening to music. So for me, uh, I think that's kind of what influenced me. It was just like, I want to do something artistic and this is what I kind of feel like is my version of our art that I can like be good at. And then also when it comes to like, I ha I want to say something, it was like, okay, like this is the better outlet because I can like actually use my words to describe what I'm thinking or like what's going on in my head or like what I'm seeing around me in the world. So I think that's kind of what really influenced it. There was, like I said, there wasn't like, I didn't have like, uh, like not really anybody in my life who like really was serious about music or played music in an open sense, whereas I would sit there. I mean, my grandmother used to play piano and stuff and she tried teaching me when I was a kid, but you know, I was like short attention span, didn't really care too much, but um, you know, so, but yeah, it really just came from kind of the self-motivation. I think that internal artistry was in my blood from the artistic side of my family that was just kind of floating there, so. Uh, no, 100%, man. And yeah. in terms of, like, uh, influences and all that, like, I know you said that you haven't, like, really, like, listened as much, like, on your end, but, like, more so within the environments around you, too. But, like, when, you know, talking about, like, artistry, like, in a way and all that, like, within the start of your own sound, like, who would you say yeah. were, like, your main, like, influences, like, when it comes to your sound and, you know, your styling and who would you like to work with, like, someday, like, musically and all that? 
yeah, so Influence is the very first art rapper that I got super into, you know, um, Eminem, 100%. I feel like uh, even though I didn't grow up like him, I felt like I related to him because he felt kind of like the outsider in the situation, you know, being the white guy in 8 Mile around the rap scene. So, you know, I kind of felt similar to that. You know, I was like the token black guy and a whole bunch of like, let's see white people. So um, that kind of... um. I kind of felt like I like I linked on to that and then like the emotional stuff that you talked about or like relationships and stuff I always felt like I had like a disconnect when I was trying to like make connections with people so like for me like Eminem was a, one of the first ones plus then he's a lyrical genius and you know he's got his OG tracks that's just a banger you know so um and then the next one I would say I listened to a lot of uh, Chris Brown when I was a kid and I think that's kind of helped, you know, um, apparently his dance moves didn't rub off on me, but, you know, that is what it is. Um, but, you know, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, what I felt is some of the melodies and stuff that I can come up with, I think probably definitely come from there because listening to someone who's such a genius at making music and like quality hits year after year after year for such a long period of time, I think that's definitely something when I, you know, when I first started listening to me, like music on my own times, like, you know, Chris Brown was one of the first people I got into. And then um, obviously being from the city, uh, Drake, you know, he's, um, you know, somebody I look up to, uh, you know, anybody from, most people know his catalog, so I don't need to get into it too much, but just, you know, he was one of the first ones that really took a major hold. And, you know, so for me, I have to show that respect of influence, right? Um, and then late, like not late, but like mid high school time, the two art, the two next artists that really kind of came into fruition for me were uh, um, Logic and Kevin Gates. Um, I really started listening to them a lot. And, you know, back before Logic even released his, um, his Under Pressure album, his debut studio album, listening to like finding forever days and stuff like that like nine to five and balling and you know young jedi and like all i do and like all those tracks and just like yeah he was um definitely when it comes to the lyricism and trying to make that hard hitting punch lines and those bars that just make you think and stuff and just like trying to rap as fast as you can definitely like that's a huge influence from logic you know i'm going back and studying like how he puts verse together i still do it on a constant basis um so yeah he's a big one for me uh pardon me and then um i said kevin gates yeah kevin gates just kind of give me that like how do i say it? he he has like that kind of like kind of that raw edge to him you know that that raspiness in his voice where it kind of feels like it's in, and he's melodic at the same time so i feel like you know he was an influence in terms of more or less sound for me like and not necessarily like style or what he's talking about type of stuff but like a sound like he has a good sound that you know is replayable and stuff like that and then i think the most probably important and the most current and probably the longest standing that will continue to stand will be j cole you know shout to cole um he uh yeah man I, I i don't even really have words for it just every single time i hear a track from that guy is like yo like I don't know. So I study his, like, me, I don't even listen to his music anymore, fam. I just study it. Like, it's just, like, I, it's, we going back and, like, yo, know, like, why did that work? Like, how did he put that together? Like, listening to, like, his freestyle on uh, on LA Leakers and just, like, going back to the off-season album and, like, listening back to certain tracks, like, the climb back and stuff like that. And just, like, yo, know, how did he put this together? And just, like, you know, going back to older albums and stuff and just breaking them down and trying to, like, figure out, like, why is it so great? Why is it like this every single time? So he's definitely, like, one of the biggest ones that, you know, has me influenced and got me, you know, trying to better myself, so. Yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, like, what I can say about, like, J. Cole, Drake, Kevin Gates, like, I feel like they have a style, like, that's, a, you know, unique within their own and all that, too, like, I know of J. Cole, like with a lot of his albums, they're like pretty much like concept projects that he does like over time and all that in the whole start within his age and all that until now. So like his uh, last album, I think um, I think the off season, like I know like he was like experimenting uh, with like a lot of stuff, too, with like dealing with the idea of COVID, dealing with, you know, the idea of like growing older and all that, like, you know, reflecting on like KOD and all that and I know, like, he brings, like, a lot of, like, unique characters uh, to, like, uh, the uh, kill, like, the kill character as well, too, Um, that was on KOD, like, that was an amazing thing to see with Kevin Gates, I feel like he is, like, very, like, raw within, like, his lyricism, lyricism and all that, and just even with the styling of his own sound and all that, too, because he reflects on, like, a lot of things, and it's, like, very, like, unfiltered with 
songs from like his past uh, mixtapes to like now and all that where he's experimenting with life religion therapy like it's good to see and like even with drake uh too uh i mean for all the dogs too like i feel like with every project that he has it kind of like changes over time from like connecting with fans like depending on their age group and all that and i know like he has had some songs that you know are more reflected uh, with the youth uh, nowadays within he'll have moments where it's like a, mo- a moment of clarity where you know he's like speaking about life and everything like that too so it's amazing to see yeah yeah no for sure like that's one thing i always say about jake is he's got a you know when it comes to the business side of things the guy is on point he knows what he's doing and if you take a look at a drake album really any drake album you can break it down into uh the songs that are meant for like the top 40 but like that mama that mom's gonna listen to in the car with their kids He's got his top 40 songs that are like more like the club bangers that would be there for a couple of weeks. And then he's got the rest of the project that's really meant for that, that core audience. Right. And it's really smart the way he does it. So, um, but yeah, you know, definitely those influences have come around and been present in the way I write. And I want to thinking when I'm trying to write stuff down and how to art- articulate my own stories and stuff like that. Sure. 100%. And to even get more onto the whole like creative process uh, right now, so like, what's your creative process like when making music and what would like a day in the studio be like for you in a way yeah it's um it's kind of messy actually but um i guess the biggest thing for me is you know it depends on where i am kind of uh one thing i will say is time is the best uh prescription so you know i sometimes i go a period of time without writing because just i have to live life a little bit but uh in terms of my creative process usually what it comes up with is i usually come up with um like a reference bar that will give me my melody so i'll kind of start like humming stuff something out and like kind of get like my syllables and my flow pattern and then i um will try to write a bar to it and sometimes i don't even i, I just write a bar like it doesn't it has zero value to what i want to talk about or anything it's just for structure purposes and then i start putting in i start filling in the notes with words and start just kind of trying to write about something so what happens is if i'm trying to write about something specifically then i'm like Sometimes I even write like a point form, like kind of jot down. But in general, I'll start writing about that thing specifically. And I'll be writing a lot slower. It's a lot more of a conscious process. Sometimes it takes a couple of days. So like it's not, it's not like a sit down and get it done in 30 minutes. But then if I'm writing like more, uh, and that's more for like when I'm in my project mode, like when I'm trying to write something with a because there's a start to an end of that song or start to an end to the project, and this song's got to filter into this song. It's got to make sense, right? And so, but if I'm writing more loosely, more casually, let's say it's like a feature and I'm just kind of going off what the next person said, or it's like in the studio and it's just like, yo, if somebody plays a beat, it's like, yo, write to this. It's more focused on like, hey, how can I make this sound good? What words are going to sound good with this beat? If I go approach it again, like I'll do the same flow pattern thing to start getting my flow. And I'm not really focusing on necessarily what I'm saying. And the reason I'm able to get to that point is because I recognize I'm a, I'm a lyrical based artist. So anything I do and in, like innately, I want to make it lyrical. So I'm always trying to play with flow patterns and interbar rhymes. So it's going to come out that way, regardless of what I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, and then I just kind of look more for the vibe. So like, so for instance, if um, the last time I was at the studio was for this upcoming EP and I actually, what, what how the whole process went down is um, I had a conversation um, with the, a, an individual at the time um and it sparked some things in my life that uh, that brought up i guess emotions from the past and things that i thought i had dealt with that i hadn't and i wrote out uh three tracks to it uh, no beat no nothing and then when i went back and i kind of started to tailor it and then i found uh reference beats on youtube or beats from songs to try to create an idea of the sound and then i recorded voice notes on my phone and I sent it to my producer, shout out Hibernation, the rapper, producer at Loud Studios. He uh, produced the EP for me and uh, mixed and mastered as well. Um, but yeah, and so what happened, I sent it to him. He built the beats around kind of that concept that I gave him and those voice notes that I sent him, sent it back to me. I recorded a demo in my house. I chopped up the beat to like, you know, fill in where I needed like longer time on a verse or on a chorus or whatever, my bridge or something. And then recorded it, sent it to him so he understood we set up a studio date, went in, busted out four. Tr- there was a four track that he to a beat that he already had, um, made that I found on his beat stars. That is kind of like uh, as part of the album. So then, and but I did the same thing. I made a demo to that. We went to the studio, and I got all four tracks done in like two and a half hours. So 
Um, that's kind of my process is I like to be able to, because, especially if I'm trying to make some uh, project or a song about something, I'm much more like, let me do it on my own time. Let me get the beat. Let me make sure this is proper. Let me, let me, let me hear my voice. Let me hear it back. Let me see what can I change. And then like, okay, now go to the studio. Let's do it. Cause I want that product to be proper. I want it to sound like it was planned out. I don't want it to sound like I walked in there and just did it. And yeah, it sounds dope, but I want it to sound like, no, there is like, there's a thought process to this where if I'm just trying to like make a song, I went to again loud studios one time uh, for some live stream thing, and I had the song. I had to record it. Yeah, I had to practice it a one two time, and they're like, "Hey, you'll record a song." I was like, "Oh damn, I wasn't prepared for that." So, um, I just recorded that track, and it, was, it came out good, right? So it's like where that was just more like I had written that one night when I was like sitting in bed, like hi, and then I like just kind of left it a bit, and then they're like, "Yo," and I just pop it up. So it's kind of like that was a much more like quick, less thought thought involved just kind of like putting something out there so it really depends for me on like that what my uh my creative process is um but yeah that's kind of you know i write create my flow pattern and then kind of go from there oh, the words. Yeah. yeah and you know when you spoke about about the ep uh, for a bit too and like how like that backstory came about you know like it was like interesting to hear for a bit too and to even speak more about it it's going to be coming like it's going to be dropping in a couple of days and all that um so tell me more about that like further and you know what like fans and like listeners that like, can expect in a way yeah so the ep is called the time is now it's got four tracks on it um the point of this ep is so back in november i uh that individual i was just messaging uh mentioning that was a now an ex-girlfriend who i was with for three years so uh we had had a conversation about our relationship and it kind of had sparked up some, like I said, some emotions with me. And um, essentially I had realized I had to deal with other things that um, I hadn't dealt with yet, uh, that I thought I had dealt with in my past. And so, and I felt like it was starting to affect me in other areas of my life and it was something I need to address for myself. And so, uh, like I said, how I wrote out the project and everything. So I, I did that and, and I recorded it and it was just like the whole point of it is is there's going to be visuals to it. And it's supposed to be like a therapy session with myself, essentially. And there's kind of a couple main themes uh, in, in the uh, in the EP. So the main so the, the, the two things are myself as a emotional individual and myself as a racialized individual. And so what's wrong is kind of like a synopsis. It's the first track on the EP. Um, and I'll just give you that one sound title. But it's kind of a synopsis, like a summary from a kind of a, almost like I'm telling you like events in a way um, of these two themes. And then we go into the next two tracks and they kind of more specifically talk about those two themes. And then the fourth track is kind of on a whole different vibe. And it's supposed to give this idea of like, okay, we where like I'm done with this I've talked about this right and so the visuals are going to represent some sort of like uh self I guess or therapy session um which we're actually getting ready to shoot like tomorrow night um so yeah so um that's kind of what the concept of that project is it's just trying to say like you know the time is now because you know I have my call me dewey album I have all those singles that came out first and that was the introduction to me in the game and like what I'm about, what I'm thinking, the kind of the lit side of me, the lyrical side, give you a whole wide perspective. And then, you know, I have for this, which is the single I just dropped up like last week or whatever. And um, that is supposed to, you know, give me, that's okay. I haven't dropped in two and a half years. This is what's happening. And it's like, okay, the time is now. And it's like, okay, it's the time to like fix this shit. Like, like, like dead this shit, like get it out there, air it off your chest, deal with it. And that's going to transition into the next P LP, which is uh, going to be called it's up, uh, it's up to me. And so that's going to be like, you know, it's up to me. And I'm talking about, you know, so I've talked about myself as an individual and what I'm about and call me Dewey. Now I've talked about myself as an individual in, um, my emotional states and the things I'm going through over the last couple of years in my life uh, in um, the time is now. And then up to me, it's like, Hey, it's up to me to actually like, take the steps to, you know, forward with this and like do what I need to do and be the person who I know I can be. And then that will lead me into my, you know, hopefully my biggest album um, when that comes out after the uh, up to me LP. So um, that's kind of like the purpose of that. I want to make a new sound too that was the other thing uh, i want to do something different i want to take it a little bit away from what people have heard me because you know i've been performing my unreleased stuff and um 
you know, kind of do something a little bit. I don't, it's still rap. It's still hip hop. A hundred percent. It's always like that with me, but it's just almost like a little bit of alternative vibes into it just to give something else. Um, you know, Hyber's a really good producer. He has a lot of things in the instrumentals that just provide like uh, a lot of depth and dynamic to it, which I think work well for me given um, how I go about utilizing my voice. And it just adds, you know, a round picture and a round feeling, a wholesome kind of sound to it. So. Oh, 100% too. And uh, I know one of the tracks too uh, for this, you know, there was like an interesting uh, vibe to it because you've shot like, I think the uh, Rio, like at like, I think at an area like where it's like snowing and all that too. And like it had like uh, the mic uh, down as well too. And then, you know, it was like interesting to hear too because there was like a lot of like backstories uh, beyond it just with the su subject matter and like everything else too. So uh, to even speak about that, like what was like that whole like inspiration and creative process? And is that also on the EP as well? Uh, no, that song's on an EP as a single. Um, but essentially that song's about the breakup I was just mentioning. Um, you know, uh, so it was, I didn't, so like, it was hard for me. So that the way that, the way the creative process came from is the person who created uh, the beat, shout out to my boy, Sad Boy Studios, uh, Ace, he, um, he, he just sent me that beat, like sometimes in December and I hadn't gotten to it. And I just opened it up one day, like late December. And the second I heard it, it was like maybe 15 seconds in. And it was just like, it just, I stopped listening. I started writing. And it was just like, it, the, it just kind of came out. Like it wasn't even, I to be honest with him, like I can't, it's like, I, like, like I'll say this, like it wasn't until after I had recorded and mixed the track. And then I'd sent it to other people and they responded back to me that I even started to take in what it was I was talking about because like, it was like those emotions were so, I guess, over the last like month had been so like much for me to deal with. And I was trying to deal with it and be like, you know, a troublesome time for me. It was like, you know, I started like, I remember I was starting to tear up and listening to the car and stuff. Cause I'm like, fuck, like actually like, the way I said this is like hot. Right. So um, essentially what happened is, you know, I was dating this girl for three years you know, I thought it was very, it was a serious relationship. It wasn't non juvenile. And we had gone through some serious stuff. So she had uh, two years ago, just like a couple, like in February 9th, two years ago, she got, she was on the way to my house and she got in a head on collision. She broke like every bone in her body. So, um, you know, and then there was a recovery process to that. And, you know, so we just had been through something so serious, such an early state, it, like matured our relationship. So it was a very serious thing. It was a, it was a good thing. You know, she's an amazing person. We never say nothing bad about her. But, um, you know, so we had been through a lot. So it was hard, you know, when that ended, it was hard for me because it was hard for me to understand, you know, like why like, it just didn't feel right. So it just kind of flew out and I was just trying to adjust like the ways that I felt about it without being disrespectful, but also like being like, you know, letting like just letting it out, you know, getting my emotions out. So, you know, I'm talking, that's why like you hear me talk about like, I never got to uh, talk about the day that I cried, the night that you lied in that bed couldn't open your eyes, you barely lied. Like, that's the accident I'm talking about, right? And, you know, like, it's it's different when you are looking down at someone you love and, like, they literally look like they're dying um, because they're so, like, broken and everything. You know, it's not an easy thing to go through. And, um, you know, and then, you know, just talking about some other things that, you know, happened while we were, like, in and out of contact, I guess, for a couple of weeks after, because we had to, like, you know, give our stuff back and, like, you know, deal with, like, shared, uh, you know, photo library or album and notes and stuff and just calendars and all that type of stuff. So, um, and, yeah, we was just kind of trying to address the way I felt and, like, what actually happened and, like, the visual that came out last night that I – the last night? Yeah, the last night that I posted – um you know which is the main visual for the um the music video is a scene where i'm in the kitchen you know with my my homegirl who came and helped me out but uh you know and she uh and i'm talking about you know there's something different when you're in that kitchen contemplating kind of if it's worth it and it's like this is literally like how it went down and it's like you know we were like the first time the conversation came up it's we're in her kitchen sitting and having this conversation about like she doesn't want it anymore and stuff like that so it's like me like trying to talk to her be like no like what's going on like why like i'm not just gonna you know like not try to like fight for us type of thing like i'm not like you obviously gonna do what you're gonna do at the end of the day but like i'm gonna at least try to put up you know fighting standing for it right so um and yeah and just like kind of reiterating that like in the emotions i felt in that situation like what it like 
and try to articulate it in a way that really will grasp people and maybe somebody can relate to and understand because you know part of it also is I realized you know um you know it's just after the holidays Valentine's Day was coming up um and past now so we're in that season where people are going through like lots of love but they're also going through lots of heartbreak too so I thought it was like you know a good time um, once I had that track, I was like, yo, I'm going to release this next month, um, right before the EP. Cause I was like, it's a good time. And it's a good segue into like kind of the very first song of the album, uh, the EP and, you know, and, you know, kind of getting people engaged with like where I'm at right now before I come up with some of the more like lit and upbeat stuff. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, what I like about this like, conversation too, because like with the music, it is like a kind of, kind of like a therapy and all that too, just with the past releases and like even with the stuff going on right now like as you just explained too and you know when um i heard about the question about call me dewey on the uh broken uh, playground interview that i like just like researched a little bit too you talked about like how dewey was like an alter ego in a sense too with khalil being like more of like the chill like laid back person and then dewey being like the whole like outgoing you know nonchalant type of person and all that too um for the creative uh, process, was it more like a sense of uh, therapy as well to like further from the different ideas that you were like going through or was it like kind of different from all the other music in a sense? For for this or for Call Me Dewey? Uh, for Call Me Dewey. Um, no, Call Me Dewey wasn't really a therapeutic based album because, you know, to be honest, um, my writing skills since then have like got so much better that it's become it, that's become more something that's prevalent more that was just me trying to come up with you know with zero knowledge in the game never perform trying to make music in my record all those tracks in my house um like in my in my home setup um trying to figure out you know what it is going to be what's the story i want to tell what's the thing i want to talk about so like you said uh with, with the book that first broken playground interview talking about you know call me dewey and it's my alter ego the more lit side and that was trying to just be like and it was also me trying to tell the story of what you know if, if from uh first time to call me dewey like the song names um i have you know the story is essentially um what I think my rise in the game would be like from top to bottom, from start to finish. And it's like, you know, first time is me saying, okay, I'm here. I do this. This isn't my first time. I've done this before. You know, like I've been making music. Like, you know, I've been trying to do this thing. I'm not like, I'm not a newbie in this, but like I'm coming out. So I am like a freshman and it's like, um, the flyaway is kind of like, all right, like kind of disengage, like take off type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, like kind of like take those next steps and fly away. And then no replacement is like that more like lit, like, hey, like, yo, and, like I'm doing this. Like, there's nobody better than me. It's kind of like, pardon me. You have to have that mind state to like, you know what I'm saying? Like get, like, like get, like get what you, where you need to be. And then peak is the middle track because peak is like, hey, I'm at the peak and I'm talking about like how, you know, people are going to try to like take away from you and stuff like that. And um, people are going to try, women and stuff are going to try to distract you at your top. And then too much is the next track because um, it's me trying to be like, oh, now you're at the top. It's like, oh, people, people start hating on you because, you know, you're too much. You're too much. And this is coming. A lot of these concepts come from my life experiences. As, as I've grown as an individual and I've seen people change when you start to better yourself or find something in yourself. People start to be like, oh, I don't like that because it's not something that agrees with them or they want to agree with because it, they don't find it benefits them anymore. Right. For selfish reasons. And now they want to try and take away from you so like that's what kind of what too much is and i really tap into that one on the second verse about like that that ideas of like racism and like how you know i feel about it in terms of like more socially how i grew up and then tolerance is like a really subliminal track that really breaks down you know at the superficial layer you think i'm talking about a girl the next layer you realize because i expose it the second last bar of the song uh the second verse I, i'm talking about weed but realistically what i'm actually talking about is i have tolerance to all these things that i've gone through try, trying to get to the top i'm not not something i necessarily like it's not necessarily not necessarily something i want to have to deal with but it's i have tolerance to it i'm able to handle i'm able to manage it i matured i've become somebody different now like but not different than the fact like oh you changed up but just like you grew right you you, you, know, you change with each step in, the, in a sense right you're not the same person every day after you go through a new experience and so um and then call me do is the closeout track just kind of making a sum of like you know people are gonna like 
move this way on you because you're doing your own thing and they're going to try and take from you, take from you. And then you got to really talk. And then why really? And then kind of giving like a, like a very abstract, like question through statement in a way, like, of like, why are people doing that? So, um, and that's kind of that, that's kind of like the storyline of that album and like how it, um, uh, and how it came about. So it wasn't really a therapy session. I think it was more or less at that point, me just talking about what I was seeing happening around me and how I felt like people were treating me. Um, but it wasn't really in a way, cause I was still learning what was happening. I was still young. I was still, um, especially when I first started writing some of those songs. So, um, it was, you know, there was a lot I had to learn. I have learned since, but that was a really good starting point out where I needed to be for my entry to the game and what I thought would sound musically good and what would be interesting to somebody who was more interested in the deeper meanings behind things and storylines and not just like an album of songs that could be the latest songs that did the thing, right? Oh, 100% too. And yeah, just it's amazing uh, to hear from your own perspective of what the songs like all talk about, like in a sense too. And, you know, just like furthering away from music for a bit too, but like, you know, more so within like the real life experiences, you know, like you're now like affiliated with NLMG, New Legends Music Group. Like I know that you explained that you actually met them at an event like prior, prior back into the like whole like signing thing too. So how did that come about? And what was like that feeling like, you know, once you, you were like affiliated uh, with like NLMG and the experience, you know, like being in that collective in a sense? Yeah, um, like like you said, it came about. Um, I, I I met them at that the second time I ever performed, and I kept going to their showcases, and they were like, "Oh, like this guy kind of seems like committed," so they threw me in the group chat, and I just kind of been part of it ever since. Um, and then as you know, time's gone on, I've got more involved, and you know, started to make tracks with the team and stuff. But um, in terms of like how it felt, yo, it felt good. It felt good to you know go out there, perform. And somebody, you know, early on be like, yeah, like, we like what you do, like, come roll with us, like, let's try and do this thing together, you know, that's always a good feeling, and then be able to, you know, maintain those relationships and stay friends with these guys, and build up the friendships, and just, you know, it become more like, you know, people, you know, people who I was working with to, like, working with my brothers and stuff like that, you know, so that's, you no, know, it's been a great feeling, we've been doing, we've had a lot of fun together, we've been doing our thing, and, uh, yeah, you know, shout out to the Legends Music Group. And I just think what we're doing right now was different. We're on a different speed. We're pushing up, we're up, we're punching, and we're not stopping, and we're, you know, making the next step. So I think, you know, just being part of something that people are seeing, people know the name, people know about, you know, is really a good feeling to be part of something that's moving forward and positive that other people can see and notice and want to be part of and want to support and, you know, want to give shout out to because, you know, it's like, yo, the, the hard work, the effort that we've been putting in there's payout to it and you know yeah seeing yourself progress through something you know it's always a good feeling it's a satisfying feeling to know because you know like i said people will tell you you can't i was talking on the call we do we project like people are going to tell you like no or try to take that away from you or try to subliminally say things to you to make you second guess yourself and when you have a solid group of people around you who are also experiencing that and like wanting to keep keep on the ball it makes it so much easier just to keep pushing and like just keep writing and you know keep coming up with new concepts and just keep getting on stage and staying up late and waking up early and just going through all the bullshit of having to you know make it yeah no 100 too man and to even like get back onto the whole idea of uh, performing and all that too because I know with performing, you know, like going to different places, you know, opening up for like a lot of people too. There has been like a lot of like advantages, like in that sense too. So to even speak more about that progression of, you know, performing like individually and all that, like how was that experience? Like, was it, have you felt like you've received like many benefits and like, you know, you've gained new friends from going to like these like certain areas and like even connecting with like different scenes out there in a sense? Oh yeah, hundred percent, fam. Um, I think that you know the biggest thing is like when it comes to the performing aspect. Um, you know, I've got so much better. Um, my ability now on stage to you know engage with the crowd has improved. I think um going to different cities and seeing what's out there has also given a pretty good you know ideology. Like you know, you don't know everything, but I remember like when I first started coming outside, I was like, damn, like there's more like dope artists than I thought. And now as I've got better, and I'm starting to feel like 
you know, when I go on stage, I'm one of the better performances of the night. When we go on stage, we're one of the better performances of the night. You're starting to see like what's out there, what's not out there. And also what's missing, which is important because at the end of the day, this is a business. So it's like, hey, if there's something that's missing, like what can we do? Like, what can we do? What can I do? What song can I make that's my style that is me, but is going to be in this thing, this, you know, maybe this little niche of this pocket that's missing that we can tap into to like, you know, make that new sound that people might be like, yo, like that's crazy. So I think, you know, just going out, being able to make those connections, see, see what's happening, get that constructive feedback from people who have been doing it. And also you, you, you the biggest thing is you know i'm a i'm i like to say i'm like the outsider within the group because you know i'm just more of a kind of quiet person uh, i don't um i kind of just sit back and enjoy and i you know and i don't get too mixy in the in the situation and, you know i'm obviously i know what's happening i'm part of the team all that type of stuff but i just kind of like chill it's just more my personality and so from the outside perspective you know you can really see when you're out and Everybody else is, you know, talking to somebody or doing something else. And I'm watching the whole scene from like kind of like the seat that I'm sitting in. You now you really start to see like how people interact with certain people and how they behave uh, outside their group is what I'm talking about. And it gives you a good grasp on why you hear certain music and the music that you're hearing that you like, that you're like, hey, that wasn't too bad. And what you need to do for yourself and what it is that people are really grasping onto when they're hearing something for the first time. And like what makes somebody like want to come up front and pull out their phone and record and what makes somebody want to like go to the bar and get a drink. And you're starting to see those behaviors and then also just how other industry people are and like how they behave and how they move and like, you know, learning like, you know who who to keep at arm's length because not necessarily somebody that you want problems with but also who to like you know you know who maybe is uh, uh somebody who's just like you know that was, that was a friend or whatever but it's an acquaintance now it's all love but it's you know it i've really learned a lot about people now meeting so many people and how people behave you know you can like get a good sense now i'm starting to get a really good sense now you know like an individual like from meeting them which is you know uh, for me something I value because you know I like to know what I'm involved in almost before I'm involved in it you know what I'm saying so that I can you know make the best decisions for myself and my artistry and my team and stuff like that yeah no 100% too and I feel like it does dictate to uh, like whatever goes on in like the industries within like certain cities too and I know with Toronto and the GTA there is like a lot of like different opinions of like what's going on from the OG speaking their facts to the people like in the industry speaking their uh, stuff and like everything else too. And, you know, from your own perspective, how do you even like feel about the Toronto, like Canadian like music scene right now at the moment? Do you feel that there should be some changes on the direction of where the Toronto GTA Canadian scene should go to? Or do you ever feel like it's like fine the way it is right now? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a hard because there's a lot it's a hard question because you know there's a lot of people have been saying for a minute Toronto artists hate each other but then you know you go out to events and you and you know you dap everybody up so it's like there is love but it's like how is there love and sometimes I feel like we don't support ourselves enough when it comes to the pushing of content that allow and we'd rather you know like look at that situation that like just happened the other day uh you know Drake was like, oh, I'll get on a Doobie and press it to collab. And then Doobie's story is, I need $2 million for that, plus loyalties. And it's like, you know, I saw I saw somebody post that and was like, yeah, but you got to understand it's different when like your homies and stuff have died doing this shit. It's not the same thing. And it's like, yo, okay, like that's true. But at the same time, it's like, what are you doing for the city as a whole if that collab happens? You know what I mean? And it's like, you take the probably the, one some of the two biggest art, underground artists and you put them on a stage with Drake. And what does that do for every subsequent artist below them like us? Right? It opens doors. And it's these type of things where it's like, when we forget about the love, we forget about the larger picture. And again, I'm not saying anything specifically about him because I don't know his situation. I don't know him. And I'm sure he has a reasoning for that. But from a larger scope, we see these same things happening at the individual levels where, you know, artists don't want to help other artists out. Uh, artists think that they're better than other artists. And so they treat them like they're lower. And you can see the way it is, right? You know what I mean? Like, you, I feel like there's too much kind of collaboration for that KO, like, let me get a bag off of you and then we'll make and then we'll work opposed to like let's make some art together and let's worry about the money when the money's there 
Do you know what I'm saying? And let's build that repertoire. And I think there's a lot of people also when it comes to like getting, knowing the right people and getting on proper stages and the right spots. There's a lot of people that are taking advantage of artists and are trying to just make a quick buck off of them and not going to allow them to get to that next step, even though they deserve to be there, but they're paying their whatever to get on stage. And then nobody's there because nobody brings out anybody, but because nobody has anybody to bring out. And it's like, it's frustrating being in that music scene where it's like, you know, I have a godfather who's in the promotion scene for the club scene. And he's like, yeah, like when, you know, if I'm promoting at a club, I'm bringing people out. Right. But like when it comes to the music promotion, that's not the case. The artists have to bring the people out. And so the problem is if you can only bring 10 people out, that's not a lot. But if everybody could bring 10 people out, then you have, five to ten artists perform you have a decent crowd right yeah but the problem is some people won't bring anybody out they'll just pay the 200 bones and they don't bring anybody and then there's nobody there so it's then ah oh, okay like this wasn't worth it and you don't yeah. feel like you're actually getting anywhere because you're you're paying to play but you're not getting any response from it because there's nobody who's giving you the value for that pay and it's really for trying to find in this city i find that balance of what are you paying for and what are you getting in return for it and it's and, and it's hard. So I think that's probably the biggest problem I would see right now, at least for me, how I look at it. Maybe I'm like completely saying some nonsense right now, but like, um, you know, trying to make the way in which it's set up and where artists can get to stages is very difficult. It's not it's 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 not like a clear cut, like you have to do A or B type of thing. It's like you have to. You can't you can't just pay to play because it's not the option, but you can't not pay to play because it's also not the option. <laughs> yeah. You have to make the same connections, yeah. but you have to do it in a specific way. So it's just like it's just it's 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 a thing that makes it hard to grow when you it's, yeah. and you know that's why we're trying to be on tour with people like Roni and D twelve and do these shows so we can get into those bigger audiences yeah. and we can tap into people that might be like not necessarily in the scene or coming to these other events that will be like oh who are these guys and kind of get yeah. that reach out there tap into existing artists so um fan bases so yeah that's 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 the hardest part i would say in the, in the scene for me at least yeah. yeah for sure um i feel like there might be like a mentality thing uh, going on you know with like inflated egos and stuff like that too like i know like i've had this guy uh blitz uh two nine uh like on the pot on, on, <laughs> on the podcast and you know even like talked about the same thing and you know like there yeah. were like artists like in the past that talked about like how blogs are not supporting or like answering like uh, dms and all that you know, like in a sense to like, you know, you have to pay a certain amount to get your song posted, but then like yeah. an artist like Presso or Doovie get it for free or, you know, they'll only talk about like controversy or like even like engineering's engineers, like picking sides, producers as well, too. Uh, would yeah. you like agree with that? Like in a sense? Too? Um, yeah, I mean, I see it happen. Um, again, I stay out of it and I get very selective with who I work with because of these things, right? Because I'm not about that job. I don't have time with it. I will just literally like not engage with it. Like essentially like it's like if it starts, I just will like pretend like it didn't happen and just move on. I just like seriously, like, I know I'm not in high school anymore. So it's just like, I don't have time for that. So, um, but yeah, no, I, and I've always kind of felt like there's that, there's like almost like this weird, like kind of like ceiling that kind of sits over everybody's head and it's just like it's just this passed down like ignorance or like you know wanting to be for like you know people picking sides or this side or that side everybody's trying to like claim something you know claim some sort of territory claim this claim that and it's like it's just like yo just like make music and it'll, it'll get somewhere you know what i mean and but you know people people have the things that they got to do right so i think you know once we can get past that threshold that barrier i think you'll see a lot more coming out of toronto because like when i look at i come to the scene and i see so many dope artists doing different types of things i even just rap music and you just like there's so much here and it's, i just feel like you know there's artists who i know have been doing their thing for time and they should be farther than where they are. There's some of like the best artists I've seen better than 90% of these fucks that I see every day posted online. Like, oh, what do you think of this track, right? And I'm like, how does this guy have more clout? How does this guy have more money? How does he, like, how is he doing this so much more successfully than this artist who you can tell there's like, there's artistry here. Like, this is a musician. This is somebody who like has a passion for this, like what they're doing. But yes, they want the money and they want this and they want that, but they're actually good at it. And it's like, 
they've been doing this for X amount of years. And it's like, this guy's been doing this for like two, three years. And it's like, how is there such a difference? Right. And it's like, that shouldn't be happening. The wrong people shouldn't be getting the money and the fame because at the end of the day, those people, they're going to cap easy because they have no longevity. They're just a business person. And once they get enough, you know, you know, of their foundation, they're going to quit music and go start being a business person, which is completely cool. I get that. But those people shouldn't be given spotlight in our, who's representing our industry, our Toronto hip hop industry over the people who are really like making different unique sounds. You know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah it's just frustrating so it, it's it's just a hard mentality because like, you know it's like how do you you know like for me my biggest thing is, is you know like it's hard you know if you go to a, a show and you have a whole bunch of guys doing like hard trap shit or like yeet type stuff and stuff like that and then i come in with like bars it's like people like like what the fuck right and it's like because they don't appreciate the same what they're appreciating is that same sound that they've been hearing like extremely over auto tune the same same flow pattern over and over again again there's a time and place for that i listen to that music too i make a one two track like that there's 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 a reasoning to do that right but it makes it hard when you're trying to be unique and everybody is trying to like else is trying to sound the same but everybody's like no this is a sound you have to be if you don't do this or you're trying it's uh, it's just a mess i find so um it makes it difficult yeah for sure no, I, I definitely agree as well too in a way. And um we just have like these like last few questions uh for a bit too. Um do you ever have yeah. any uh, regrets in like your life overall or do you feel like you regret like nothing in a sense? Yeah, so I, um Yeah. Um I don't no, I don't really think I'm trying to think. Like I don't really think I have if I have one regret, I had like a friend, uh, one, one friend that I made really good friends with from university. And uh, that was, and I kind of messed that friendship up. So outside of that, you know, I kind of regret that. But outside of that, you know, I try not to regret things. Um, and the reason is, is something I try to do um, is I also try to put myself in positions where I, I won't regret things or I won't have to say I'm sorry. And what I mean by that is like, I have worked on being able to be show humility. So I have no problem being like, you know what? I apologize. I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. But then because of that, and because I don't want to just, you know, if you constantly keep saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, just dilutes itself. So it's like, because you don't want to do that, you have to then begin pushing yourself in ways to make decisions that are um, not going to put you in situations where you're like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. Or like, fuck, like, I'm an idiot and stuff like that. So it's like, oh, I hurt that person or this or that, whatever the situation may be, right? And uh, because of that, I find like I don't have too many regrets because when I do make mistakes and stuff does go like you know go left for me, it's not necessary because I did it. Uh, sometimes it is, but I can also understand that it's also because maybe I just didn't know and it wasn't because of me being like ignorant or arrogant to something. Yeah um so then i take it as like as opposed to like an l as we say i take it as a lesson you know um because there's a lot to learn in life from our mistakes if we can't look at the things that we've done and then like look at ourselves and then correct it and be like hey like i made this mistake because i didn't know let me be better and like how can i move forward so i would say no i don't really regret things because at the end of the day a lot of things even things that happen bad they taught you something to get you where you are now and if you're trying to push forward and you're showing that you're trying to push forward and you know you can feel your own progress in life um i think you know having those experiences as opposed to regrets of them is um really healthy and beneficial so i try not to regret things really as a whole I, you know i think it's yeah. kind of counterintuitive to moving forward to be honest yeah no 100 too and you know with people like all around the world and all that like they're trying to get into like music like every other day like listening to it like finding like whatever artists like that they could like listen to you know people from asia people from europe people from like all over like in a sense too and yeah for someone like when they like stumble upon to your music and all that like they want to find like you know some of the best songs that they might want to like listen from that catalog in a way too so uh if you have like free songs in your catalog uh what would you recommend from that catalog for any person that might not hurt like heard about you like before in a sense or that they would like to know you like in order to become like that fan or that you know big like listener in a way yeah um i would say a few songs would be off my call me duty album so the first one would be first time uh it's the opening track on the project uh the next one would be too much 
uh, which would be I think the fifth track on the album, and then um, Tolerance, which is the sixth track on the album. Uh, and the reasoning is because you know, first time is going to kind of let you know about what I am and what I'm here to do, and like show you my lyrical capabilities. Too much is going to give you, you know, that deeper sense of like what is Khalil, what is Dewey about, like what is on his mind, like what is his focus uh, in terms of what he's trying to talk about sometimes and, you know, racism and stuff like that and problems, systematic issues and how people, you know, get judged because of those types of things. And then tolerance is, you know, as I explained earlier, that like um, what I think my uh, come up to the game is it's kind of like that cap of like the storyline before I sum summarize it on Call Me Dewey and just saying like you know that I built up tolerance to the BS built up tolerance of the way this thing is going to be um, all that type of stuff and so um, I think those three give a good dynamic to who I am as an artist and how I create music and like how I think and like what my and like you know what I'm about as an individual realistically and you know doing it in subliminal ways that still sound fun and you know jumpy and dancey or like you know head uh, head vibes too or just straight bars but also you know there's more than just what you're hearing too and reading into there's a story behind it and a purpose an end goal yeah for sure and uh, aside from this EP that's going to be dropping in the next uh, coming days, uh, what do you have uh, next in terms of like any other creative like projects and so forth? Like I know you're going to be uh, touring with Roni, doing some stuff with like D12 and like also yeah. releasing like other projects as well. Like I don't know if you have like any other like things going on as well. Yeah, so um, in terms of music releasing, I have a project called Up to Me. It's going to be coming out springtime, hoping late April. I'm just in the process of like make, finishing up the mix, to be honest. So I just kind of been lacking on that. But like it's the, the everything's recorded. I even got the cover art and all that type of stuff. Uh, shoot a couple of videos for that. I have um, a project that I want to, I'm going to have a huge collaborative project, which is going to tap in with people outside of more people outside of uh, NLMG obviously NLMG is still going to be on it um and that is going to be under the kind of directive of my two-faced Gemini collective um which is something I'm also starting to build up right now I have a whole action plan to kind of go in and talk uh, and work in with the the town uh, town of Houghton Hills town of Georgetown that I grew up um and you know try to create uh start to help develop that music scene a little bit more and um yeah, that's, that's, I got to get that in place. So that's kind of a creative thing that I'm going to try to start on my own time. And then also the, um, I have a project that I, you know, I, I took a step back from right when I started writing the Up To Me album back in August time. It's called Noir Blanc. I'm not French. It just sounds better than black and white. And um, so what was saying, uh, the point of that album is for me to talk mainly about my mixed identity as an individual and like how I felt about it. And that's kind of going to be the cap to like, that's going to be like the chair on top to like this little story that I'm telling you with Call Me Dewey to the time of now to Up To Me um, to this. And it's like, okay, you're going to see the whole thing from a larger perspective, you know what I'm saying so um i think that project's gonna hopefully come out in 2024 if not early 2025 obviously i'm gonna have you know by end of april i'm gonna have um the for this single the ep that's coming out on thursday uh hopefully another single sometime in march and then that ep you know in springtime late april early may and then i have uh that collaborative project that'll hopefully drop sometime you know like late summer like september time maybe and then depending on how it works out that noir blanc album will come out late, late this year so lost down the pipeline for that the tfgc stuff we'll be working on that we got a couple songs some music videos uh we're gonna be looking for some new stuff that i'm gonna try and do there uh like some cypher based stuff and just you know like try to build up that name and that brand it's going to be try to become a brand and representation of like you know equity and stuff like that and equality you know giving people a chance so just kind of that's kind of the stuff that's coming down and then like you said like we got a couple performances i can't even like you know i have a whole shared note that i have a ghost and beans that i gotta check every now and yeah. then because you know <laughs> stuff just constantly getting added yeah. to it so you know um you know and not every i i don't i don't go to every show that like, we book or that we you know, that, that we get so um you know sometimes i do my own stuff but i just you know i take the day i, I stay at home i gotta work or whatever so yeah. um but yeah so we have you know i think so next weekend is young tour in london at club bagel and then we have d12 march 6 and barry and then roadrunner again back in london at club fuego and then early april uh we're on tour roni um and 
I think we got a couple other things in the works. I just got a message back from someone else. So there's going to be uh, more shows coming up in March time for sure. And then I think the team is trying to work on getting that one, two set going together. So plus everybody else has got their own individual things that they're doing in shows. So, you know, make sure you tap into the NLNG promo page and check in all our profiles and see what everybody's doing and tap in, buy some tickets, come out, support, stream our music, um, you know, represent. We're doing big things and this year is going to be our... You know, I, we're, not, we're not saying this is our year. This is our year to make our subsequent years type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, it's not even like this is our year now. Like, we haven't, yeah, yeah. this is just the tip of the iceberg type of thing. So, yeah, no, 100%. And uh, do you have any uh, closing remarks uh, you'd like to say on where can they like follow you like on social media? Yeah. So you can find me on uh, all social media at the real Dewey, T H E R E A L D U E Y. You can find all my music on all streaming services under Khalil, K-H-A-L-I-L. All right. All right. Uh, so, Khalil, uh, you know, thank you uh, for coming back, uh, for coming by, like, on the podcast for the very first time, yeah. like, for the live stream thing, too. We'll probably do, like, yeah. an in-person one, like, very soon and all that, too. So we'll definitely uh, get that, like, sorted out, like, uh, for a bit, too. But, yo, this is Josh, also known as Yashu with Khalil, episode 75, the live stream edition. You know, once uh, we're done, like, it'll be out on all platforms, like, immediately on all that with YouTube and then proceedingly with spotify and apple podcast so definitely uh, watch it like tap in if you already uh, tapped in uh, earlier you know that's uh, great to hear more about the story of khalil and with everything else uh, going on and yeah definitely uh, check out the ep as well too and like with every other thing going on so that's all i could say right now yeah yo shout out lens yashu thank you very much for bringing me through i appreciate it it was a good interview and yes for sure we're gonna tap in soon and like i said february 22nd thursday at 7 p.m the time is now EP drops. Tickets happen. It's going to be out everywhere. Check my link in my bio. I'll be there. All right. Likewise, Manio. Episode 70, uh, 75 signing off.